thinking about that and I was like oh we only went through like it only took us like 15 tries or something and I'm like no like I think there was like 35 or something proposed names like there's so many I, I was gonna say it's like if you count like a lot of the like random variations we did it's it's probably near 100 yeah it's like, okay so we I wasn't counting I was counting like original concept not variations on co- each concept. then about 30 yeah. yeah I would say like 30 or or 40 is probably accurate. Some of them were also like goof names that we were just like, yeah, but this one's funny. That's, that's true. Yeah. Like this one's just We were trying to funny. keep the inspiration flowing. Yeah. So many names though. So many. Some were like really bad and some were really good, but didn't work. So our podcast name is? Do you want to say it or do you, do you want? You should say it. You came, you came up with it. Um. Yeah. So we liked uh, the movie... Uh, well, I don't like the movie necessarily, Labyrinth. But you don't like Labyrinth. But I like pants. No, I, I. Who the fuck I don't doesn't love it. Labyrinth? I, it's Bowie. Okay, we we rewatched Dark Crystal because of the Netflix show. I fucking but I hate haven't Dark rewatched Crystal. Labyrinth since my like childhood. So like, massively, I just couldn't tell you much about it. Massively unpopular opinion, but I fucking hate Dark Crystal. Oh, but fucking <laughs> Labyrinth. Well, no. Okay, okay. So, so. And like I, so I subscribe to "We'll See You in Hell," um, which is mm-hmm. a Patreon podcast. Immediately name dropping other podcasts that you can listen to instead of us. Um, but they put out new episodes, seven dollars a month, and the latest episode was on Dark Crystal. So like the old Dark Crystal, and then the newer Netflix series that came out. Um, and like the, one of the hosts explained it exactly how I felt. I like Labyrinth because there's a legitimate sense of urgency to me that I can relate to because it's human people. So, like, the bad guys are puppets, other than Bowie, but, like, the people that are victims, Jennifer Connelly and the baby, are humans. So it's, like, creepy and I'm invested and I care about the characters, but Dark Crystal's all puppets. It's, like, I don't give a shit about fucking marionettes, man. Like, I don't care about the last Gelfling. Wow. No I empathy. Ju- yeah, but I mean, I just... For p- fucking puppets? It's like having empathy for Bambi's mom. It's a cartoon. Uh, the artist just stopped drawing Are you kidding it. me? I cried... That, okay, th- that is hilariously specific because that was the movie I watched the most as a kid. And I, like, cried at like, Bambi's <laughs> mom dying every time. It was, like, a famous thing in my family. I don't even know if you knew that. I mean... That's crazy. I did... I absolutely did not know that. Um, I think I cried the first time I watched, like, The Lion King when Mufasa died. But it was also like six. So like, I don't have an understanding. I do kind of agree with you about the puppet thing, but I just thought the Bambi thing was hilarious. (laughs) I don't like, I just, I don't care. And they're creepy ass puppets. Those bird puppets, like Skreksies, Skeksies. You know, one of my. Whatever uh, they're called. So I only have one close friend who, who watched it. And he was saying that like, 
he found like he was trying to eat during the show because it was just like a background show for him and he was like he couldn't stand the like drool and goop coming off of the the grexis or whatever they're called and he's just I think like it's i think it's skexies Ske- but i skexis, also feel like yeah, there's yeah. supposed to be an r in there for some reason Skrex that i'm missing yeah you know what i mean but they're gross. They're yes. fucking gross. I don't know why the they're puppets gross need slime, puppets. slime literally dripping from them, but you know. A puppet should not look damp. <laughs> it's weird. And birds are already gross. Oh, okay. This is this is a random. They they are. My mom Okay, I'm I've completely tangented. We'll get back to the title of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, eventually. We'll come back to it. We can we can cut is. this out or reorganize it. I don't give a shit. We'll come back to it. Uh my mom, I saw her this weekend because fuck quarantine um, and I was not social distancing properly. And she's telling me, she's like, I feel really bad that you live alone, which is the most depressing thing your parent can ever say to you. But I'm worried about you because you're alone and have been for so long. Um, no, she's, she's worried like, about the babies. I was going to get you. You're alone. Where are the babies? You know. No, she's not. My mom actually turned to me one day and told me, she was like, I've made peace with the fact that I'm never really going to be a grandmother. Okay. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I'm 29, not 40. I'm not a spinster yet. Thanks. Someone might love me one day. (laughs) Um, But no, she she looked at me, she's like, I was going to get you a pet. And I was like, well, I mean, I think I would like to pick out my own companion but thank you. I appreciate it. She's like, well, I was going to just get you a bird. And I'm like, I swear to God, woman, if you get me a bird, I will kill you. They scare me. Birds are gross and they freak me out. So our show's name is Fans Labyrinth. Right. Just, so we'll just throw it, it We'll just rip the bandaid off. You're just going to drop it right in there. It's Okay, so it's not solely from the, from Labyrinth no. though, because apparently you let's, don't care about David let's, Goey. Let's David do the Goey and his you know the Dora copies. thing. You you know it's like you have five seconds. <laughs> Say it along with me. What <laughs> movie are we referencing? I mean, if somebody couldn't guess that, that would be devastating. Oh yeah, you're probably very obvious. Probably not going to like our our obscure movie references in this podcast if this one is too much for you. Oh yeah, if this one's too hard, like. This was this was this is the part that makes us sound like pretentious assholes. But like, if 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 fans labyrinth is too hard to place, like you're not gonna enjoy the movies we watch. <laughs> yeah. It's clearly a reference to the hedge maze in Wizard of Oz, and I don't, you know, if you don't, I don't even know what you're talking. I, there about. is none. I just wanted to make oh, okay. a stupid reference that makes no sense. I was like, I've definitely seen the Wizard of Oz and Return to Oz, and I have no idea what you're talking about. Have you ever seen Return to Oz? Return to Oz. I saw the new crappy one called like Oz or something like that. Oh yeah, no, that one sucked. With Mila Kunis as yeah. the like um, bad witch or whatever, whichever witch she was. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, what's Return um, to Oz? Return to Oz came out in the nineties when we were kids, and it had um, Feruza Balk in it. She was in The Craft. I don't know if you know that movie. I mean, I know The Craft, um, but yeah. So I can place her. Yeah, so she was she was in the craft, but like in quite a bit younger. Like I think she was like twelve or thirteen or something. Um, and it's it's basically exactly what it sounds like. It's Dorothy going back to Oz when mm-hmm. she's a little bit older, but Oz has like fallen into the hands of the Wicked Witch or whatever, and Oz the Great and Powerful is missing. 
So there's like gangs in Oz now and like it's kind of a free-for-all and everybody's going nuts and there's a lot of violence. It's actually, it's super creepy. I have a new canon forming in my head that may be Adventure Time because it's called like the Land of Ooh or something like that. I wonder if it's a reference yeah. to Oz. I don't know. Um, I, know it's I don't a- know because I've never seen any other references in it that no, are kind of Aussie. Not really, you know but, what I mean? but they do... Um, Oh my god. What in the fuck is that? <laughs> my roommate. Well Did you have a did you adopt a baby I'm unaware of? It's no, it's just a gay man. That's that's what they sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Domesticated. <laughs> Barely. There's just nothing offensive about that. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, I'm okay. It's okay. Everything's forgiven. <laughs> Um, um <laughs> moving on um no also adventure uh, time and Oz. I don't, there's no references yeah but um, no so I, there's, you know it's I like think there's some sort of nuclear or you know some sort of post-apocalyptic yeah. event and then they are there but it, you know it's kind of Aussian and it's like wonderland quality um after so it's i don't know well yeah for sure that's my new headcanon all right fair enough I thought it was just supposed to be like regular Earth, but after a nuclear yeah, apocalypse, yeah, then, and then like they have like they puke rainbows and stuff. Like nothing makes any sense in that. They like puke rainbows, or no, it's not puke. It's, there's a there's a rainbow unicorn horse lady. Well, not horse lady. She's a unicorn. Yeah, lady rainicorn. There we go. Yeah, and it's just like this doesn't make you know. I'm saying the reference, the post-apocalyptic type references they're making are Aussian. Yeah, but I mean, you don't, maybe they all turned into mutants after all of the radiation and they're just like really fun mutants. True. Um, <laughs> and food came to life. Yeah, it's almost a reversal of the reference from our show, Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> now you got the solution. Hooray. Um, that... This is like, we have never been just more all over the place. No, where this is an extremely linear, carefully curated format. No, this is really bad. This is this is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I was going to say was that um, Pan's Labyrinth is kind of the reverse of Adventure Time in that it's it you know Adventure Time has this like bad history, but then it's flavorful and fun. But it's like Pan's Labyrinth uses a terrible situation to like short the fake out of like the escape isn't actually that nice like the fairy world she escapes to right yeah yeah good so something fun there i also wondered if you still have the book the book the book of what the dead Um, yes Um, the tibetan book of the dead uh the egyptian (laughs) book of life no the um of movies what you know so not it's like the notebook Oh, yes. Yes, I do. No, I haven't. You got to stop calling it the books. It's I'm not going to remember. The notebook. This is the this is the wrong. Yeah, that's not better. This is the wrong book. I have a lot of notebooks. This is my work notebook. Our notebook is burgundy. You can't see me. (laughs) (laughs) This is irrelevant to you. Um, Yeah, no, I have not been like putting anything in here for a little while. Not been on top of the book. Well, this um, is a perfect opportunity to have a, a refreshing conversation on it. 
the hell did we watch last week? Before sunset? After before sunset? S- before sunset. Or before sunrise. Mm. I, I think it's either. after sunrise or something. I don't remember. I'm putting before sunset because it shows how invested in that movie we were. Oh, it's not before sunset because that's 2004. After sunrise. Before sunrise. That's Did the you movie. look it up? Or are you guessing? Yes. No. Because I in the Wikipedia for Before Sunset, it says the sequel to Before Sunrise. Okay. I'm going to be so pissed if that's not it. Um, okay. How many stars do you give Before Sunrise? Four. Four? Yeah, I think I, think I agree. For once. Okay. Four and four okay cool so that's in there um i also don't think i put the last one in the lighthouse yeah i didn't put in the lighthouse mm. what did we give that four three four i'm struggling three? i think i gave it a four in the end but no okay. no we did three didn't we i think we did three I'll, i'm it's it's tough it's tough i think i'm gonna give it uh i think i've got to give it four it's right. it's not from liking, but I on certain aspects it's just so cool. That I agree, it's really cool, but there's only so much cinematography and ambiance that can hold me over in a movie. So I think I'm gonna go three. Yeah. Like it is cool and it's visually beautiful and it's interesting, but it's like I don't really care about anybody in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wasn't invested in the character and not like the characters enough for the length of film that it was. Okay. All right. So there we go. Now we're caught up on star ratings in the book. All right. We have a lot of like movies in here that we have not watched and then we've randomly added in movies. Mm-hmm. This is true. So we're really killing, killing it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the f- yeah. <laughs> in case this is one of the first episodes, format of the show, we talk to each other first. And then we watch a movie and talk to each other. That's yeah. it. That's, That's the show. the whole thing. And then the next episode, we rate the previous movie. Because oftentimes we don't remember to rate it at the end of this recording. Now, I'd be, I'd be curious. There isn't a word for exactly the types of movies and shows we watch. But like... I would call them just... I, I would lump them all into like genre film. You know what I mean? Because they're all... Because that's mm. what they are. They are, but I think, you know, we're willing to watch Oscar baits and stuff like that, too. Yeah, but a lot Uh, of the Oscar bait that we watch is also still something I would categorize as genre film most of the time. Yeah, I I just, you know, like you were saying with We'll See You in Hell, like, they tend to watch, and it's not always, but, you know, sort of centered on horror and thriller stuff. Um, And it's like, ours doesn't have such a clear indication, but I think given enough time seeing like seeing things through our eyes there is something which i would maybe categorize as like indie film oriented um, yeah well yeah that uh is sort of cool and unique so i so i say oh where's that line from so we say so probably we say, a lot of battle star galactica oh uh, yeah so say what no it's so, so say we, we all, all. So say we all. I know, but I, the, it was the tones. I was like, there's something I'm saying here that's like, 
Man, Battlestar Galactica kicked ass, though. Fucking yeah. loved that. I've show. never. Yeah, we're watching season one right now in my household, oh. and I've never seen it. OG or remake? The remake. Yeah, it's way better. No, it's better. Yeah. Um, do we want to recap our previous movies that we have watched that are in the book? Sure, and that that might spoil which ones are coming up for. Possible. Oh shit! You're right. You're right. Because these aren't going to come out in order. Um, do you want to? Do you want me to tell you what's on the list that we still have to watch? Sure. Okay. Um, so we have the man who killed Don Quixote. Mm, with that's the Adam Driver one. Yes. Good time, which is the Robert Pattinson one. Okay. Color out of space, which <gasps> is the Nicolas Cage one. Yes. Do we have? Is that available for us yet? It's available for me because I paid the $54 for the year of Shutter. Okay, I've got one to add to the list. I'm seeing it on Crave right now. The Goldfinch just came out. Oh, yeah. I saw that, but there's something about... Who's in that? Ansel El- Elgort yeah, Ansel. or whatever? His what? face annoys me. No, Lydia. What? Oh, yeah. We probably should have had an introduction of our names, too. <laughs> I assumed I would just write that into the intro. <laughs> yeah i'm being so, lazy but but i mean if you can't tell which one's the boy voice and which one's the girl voice i'm lydia i mean <laughs> you have a raspy voice and i have a gay voice so i do i have oh god don't tell me that i have such vocal fry <laughs> is why you shouldn't start smoking when you're 16 <sighs> yeah 17 don't, don't say ugh don't <laughs> 17 where it's at don't say ugh when every time i've smoked around you you've been like you just look cool <laughs> No, yeah. we can. What if the, what if the kitties are listening to this? We cannot. We cannot. Um, vaping. Well, vaping. Don't do vaping. Something. No. What? No. Don't do vaping either. Because oh, I no. do that now, and I mean it hasn't helped the vocal fry. So, um, but don't smoke, or you'll be, you know, a raspy voiced twenty nine year old with a podcast. Oh, you know what? Before sunrise actually kind of makes sense because they actually stay up all night during it. I actually forgot. <laughs> the whole purpose of the show, of the movie. Um, okay. Back to the list of movies we have left to watch that now includes The Goldfinch. Yay! Um, the Death and Life of John F. Donovan, which I think is the one that has Jon Snow yes, in it. Yes, it does. Well. Jon Snow. Yeah, that's his name now. I couldn't remember his real name. It's like Harry Potter. I know it's Samuel Radcliffe, but I mean, come on. The poor bastard is always going to be Harry Potter. Even though I think he's a great actor. Oh, God. Actor. Now I'm forgetting it, too. I it's swear Kit to God, Harrington. I it two seconds ago. Yeah. He has, I was supposed to say he has a cool name. Yeah. Um, our one friend, or, or two friends who are dating. Um, we have two friends. Yeah. Well, we have more than two friends, but I'm trying to be vague and ambiguous. Um, she always says that her fiance or other friend looks exactly like kit harrington and i'm always like no oh i mean i see it not in a bad but... way i don't personally find kit harrington that attractive so i'm not like that should be a good thing coming from me um okay we still have more on this list mm-hmm. uh beyond the black rainbow which we would have to download or rent or buy um and then we have Big Time Adolescence for My Love of Pete Davidson. Right. I'm um, so interested in that one. Pete Davidson can get it. Um, okay. And I don't care. Unpopular opinion, maybe, but somebody will agree with me. 
There's going to be somebody at some point who listens to this episode and is like, yeah, Lydia, Pete Davidson can get it. Um, and then Dolomite is my name, mm-hmm. which was a dual pick. Uh, I watched Hollywood, the new Ryan Murphy show that's on Netflix. Really? You've already? Oh, my God. You've already? Yeah. That like, came that's out like yesterday. Series. It did not come out yesterday, but I did watch the entire thing yesterday, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> no, that's not true. I didn't watch it yesterday. I watched it. What day was yesterday? I watched it on Tuesday. Um, but I did watch the whole thing in a day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I mean, I, I feel like that's always what I say about any new Ryan Murphy show. I'm like the first season, it's always like good. It's, it's better than average for television. It's not like, blow the doors open incredible but it's always like good and this is one of those like obvious like i feel like ryan murphy like really pays attention to what's popular in pop culture more than maybe some other creators do um so that this is like a revisionist history type thing i'll cut a la like once upon a time in hollywood with quinta tarantino um but it's a little fluffier you know it's a little lighter Mm. and when i watched the trailer it sort of made it seem like it would be like a little bit more like a little darker and a little more like emotional and a little more like socio-political for the times because it's set in like the 50s um and it's it's a little fluffier than that i would say but it's still really good i mean i like darren chris who is in glee it's Mm -hmm. it's got a lot of the like popular ryan murphy cast members in it you know it's got dylan mcdermott it's got darren chris but it was good like it was it was entertaining there are some very attractive men in it a very very wholesome gay love story um it doesn't give me the same because i just watched the politician which i think is also ryan murphy um but that one gives me like the glee vibe for sure um yeah whereas the this the one, view of, I, yeah hollywood didn't i would have never guessed actually that it's ryan murphy sort of interesting when you watch it it's very ryan murphy mm. yeah i mean ryan murphy also did american horror story you know what i mean like right. the, the guy does have range ish in genre but when you wa- like if you watch anything by ryan murphy if it's like the only thing i've ever watched by him that didn't feel like a ryan murphy thing was american crime story which felt a little bit more like a dramatization of a real life crime, which is what it is. But it it had that like vibe of just like a really highly produced episode of like forensic files or something. So like it felt a little bit more like gritty. Um, But like American Horror Story, even though it's like gross and intense and has like elements of horror in it, obviously, it still does have that same kind of I like pop art feel. Mm-hmm. I think everything that Ryan Murphy does has sort of like a pop art feel yep. to it. Like Glee yep. has that. American Horror Story has that. Screen Queens has that. The Politician does. And so does Hollywood. It's just like how he makes that work in whichever genre he's doing. But it always feels like that kind of form. Um, and this is no different. But the acting is 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 strong. Yeah. The characters almost feel like characters in musicals or something like that yes like yeah, they're absolutely. always ready to like be larger than life absolutely absolutely and that works really well in hollywood because it's set in the golden age of hollywood you know so like it it's well suited some of the casting is not maybe perfect 
Um, but for like the main cast of of characters, it's very well, it's very well acted, and I really love Dylan McDermott, so I was excited to see him in it. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun and it's fluffy, and it you don't really have to pay like super close attention to it to be able to enjoy it. Like it's slightly above average for television. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I uh, I finally started. It took me a long time actually. Finally started uh, Good Omens on Prime. I have been like tossing that around in my mind about whether or not I want to watch it because I really like both David Tennant and Martin Sheehan, Michael Sheehan, Michael Sheehan. Um, I really like both of them, but it looks aggravating. <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess I was in a similar boat. So for me, it's interesting because um one of my best friends growing up loves Terry Pratchett. And um right. so he recommended to me um Good Omens, actually, as like a starting point. Again, at the time I was very atheist, so it made a lot of sense. So I read Good Omens and I really, really didn't like it. Um and I don't know what it was <laughs> that put me in that space um with that book. But yeah, I just, I, I, it was, a, it was sort of sad because yeah, I just went up to my friend and I was like, I think this is really awful. I can't believe you like think this is great. And it's, but it's now looking back, I'm like, no, it's, Harsh. it's totally, it, I think I was just, there's just so many. And this is actually what I wanted to get into. There are so many of these British absurdist works and like Good Omens is just like yet another one. Right. Yeah. And I just didn't want to be in that vibe anymore. And so I think it was more of a personal thing. And like, it's so close. They're so closely related in type of absurdism. And I'm thinking here of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Terry Pratchett novels, and um, even it might, I don't know who made it, um, but Dark Gently's um, Detectivist Detective Agency. The same person who did... Um, Hitchhiker's Guide? Hitchhiker's, yeah. yeah Douglas Adams, yeah. Because yeah. it's like... Yeah, so it's like... it is, But it is a different um, franchise or, or whatever. Like a different... Yeah, it's, uh, it's the same author is all I'm saying. So so going to the show, I hadn't watched or read one of those types of books in a really long time. And, uh, going, and, and I don't know. I just sort of drifted back into that mood. And I was like listening to the lines, listening to the like absurdism of religion and stuff like that in the, in the cheeky way that they um dismiss things and i'm like i get it like it's a very com- it's it's sort of like comfort food for an atheist or whatever um this kind of sarcasm and like um so i don't know i've i've i found myself surprisingly enjoying it um as a thing but i completely understand your feeling towards it of, of it being grating because that's exactly what i felt about the book um when i read it way back when because it's very much like a mood thing yeah um whether you're like willing to accept that that's the type of story you're gonna go into and in a way it's actually kind of the american version you could say is ryan murphy in like scream queens where it's like this yeah i I agree but i really did love scream queens the first season I, i absolutely love it yeah and uh yeah it is this like this humor over the top uh absurdityness of it although in that case he's glorifying he's not making fun of to to rip down um horror movies or those tropes he's making fun of it to get you excited about them again or see them from another angle 
Yeah. Um, whereas I guess one of the grading quote unquote aspects of a lot of the British absurdism is, is they really are um, attacks on certain institutions of Britain, like that are really old. Yes. It's like very, it's very snarky. There's, there's a snark to it. And it's the same if you go back and watch any of the like Monty Python stuff, there's like an, yeah. an edge to the absurdity um, that I feel like you don't have with something like Ryan Murphy's stuff, where it, which feels very like smooth and, and palatable in a way. And, and I mean, I, I think that's why a lot of British absurdism is, is truly brilliant is that it has this edge um, that you don't get in American television or film, but it can be aggravating in certain situations and good omens looked like something that would like be very enjoyable in short bursts but would quickly become grating to me if i tried to really like invest in it here's here's my take i think the the simmering take not the hot take yet but the simmering take (laughs) is just that a lot you know and i think this should be fairly standard feeling but a lot of this british humor comes from you know britain itself and this feeling of no i what but what i mean is the particular (laughs) circumstance of the feeling that there are all these people in like old vested positions of authority that are really just they're just vestiges of old times right and the humor is kind of like what are we even doing like you're not actually powerful you don't actually matter religion doesn't matter anymore uh the government doesn't matter anymore blah 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 like we're all just kind of wheedling our way through you know just mm-hmm. things and that i get that exact vibe from like it's it's so in every single one of these whereas american stuff and especially coming from the american slash canadian context is there there's still a feeling i think that many people in positions of authority um do deserve that authority but only if they've gotten there through certain means and things like that so there's this yeah. attempt at differentiating between we we're really aggressive towards the undeserved like um aristocracy type people um but we are we're also we try to maintain or we try to be hopeful for people doing great things in life here well yeah i mean that's the american dream mentality right yeah exactly pull yourself up from your bootstraps and i think a lot of that just has to do with like our history as as nations canadian and american um is so young like we're, we're still infants comparatively um, and we never really had an aristocracy. I mean, obviously, we were originally British colonies, so we did at some point have an aristocracy, but it was so quickly removed from our way of life that it's hard to relate to. Yeah, like, looking at British absurdism, there is my, my general feeling where part of the grading this comes is this sense in which life doesn't always just feel absurd, right? There are these critiques to be made, but there really feels like there should be another side. But often the other side in this in this humor is just um, more absurdity. Like there is no positive yeah. answer being put there. And I think that's what really gets things. Like not everything is just a, a gag and a laugh and then we're never going to vote. We're never going to try to do things in the world, blah, blah, blah. Right. And there's just like a lot with like, British absurdity, like that sort of absurdism humor, it like, I like British humor. I grew up on British humor. My parents are Irish immigrants. So like I watched all that shit when I was a kid. I watched Blackadder. I watched Father Ted. I watched 
the original office. Like, I grew up on that shit. But there's, like, a cutesiness that you get from, like, Monty Python and from, um, like, Hitchhiker's Guide and what this, like, Good Omens looks like. There's there's this, like, cutesiness to it that I find aggravating. It's not the humor. It's I mean, the humor can get grating. Don't get me wrong. I can only watch so much Monty Python or, or so much of, like, the IT crowd or the office or whatever. But it's... It's the cutesiness with, like, the bright colors and the cute voices and shit. Like, that stuff grates on me. It's the same reason why, like, old Adam Sandler movies, so many of them, like, I I can't enjoy. Because those stupid, cutesy little baby voices just, Hmm. like, grate on me to such a degree. So, I watched the... Or, not the... I watched Reckoning. Okay. Which is a new limited series on Netflix. Um, and it has uh, the guy, I don't know if you ever watched Rectify. They are not related. Um, I've heard of it, never watched it. Oh my god, Rectify was so good. Rectify was a show that came out in like, like around like 20, like 12 or like 2015 or somewhere in there. But it was only like two seasons or maybe three. Um, but it was really, really good. And the main actor from Rectify is also in Reckoning. His name's... Uh, Aiden Young, I think. Um, He's Canadian. And Reckoning is really cool. It's, it's, like, there are a lot of shows that are, I would say, are similar to Reckoning. Like, I would, I would even go so far as to say, like, The Fall is, like, pretty similar to Reckoning. It's Mm -hmm. just, like, less erotic in ways. But it is about these two fathers. One is a police detective and one is a guidance counselor at a high school and they're both kind of dealing with their families, their children, their lives. And all the while, there is a serial killer that has been killing young women who are predominantly more high risk. So like prostitutes, strippers, stuff like that. Or technically, I think that's low risk. But yeah, prostitutes, strippers, stuff like that. And uh, he cuts off their tattoos. So if they have a tattoo, he removes a piece of the piece of skin that the tattoo sits on when he kills them. And the detective has been trying to find him for over a decade. Uh, and it's a small town. And it's this sort of like character study of these two men as they sort of devolve over time due to these stressors and tragedies while the hunt for this killer is going on. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, it's not super long. Like, I think it's only, like, like maybe 12 episodes total um, or, like, 10 episodes. But it's really, really good. It's interesting. The characters are really interesting. The kids are really interesting. The, um, the son of the guidance counselor and the daughter of the police detective have a similar dynamic, to, in, in my mind, and, and feel like similarly written characters to... Thora Birch and Wes Bentley's characters in American Beauty. Mm. Um, Wes Bentley is the guy with the video camera that like films the plastic bag flying in the wind. So much beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Thora Birch is Kevin Spacey's daughter. Um, so they have sort of like a similar character style to to those two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the guidance counselor is played by Sam Trammell who is from True Blood, 
He played uh, Sam Merlot, if you ever watched Juliet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, so it's it's really good. It's very entertaining. It captivated my attention. It has that same kind of cinematography style where everything is like slightly tinted bluish almost, so it looks cold and like uninviting, which I love. Um, <laughs> okay. It's all I watch are like crime procedurals and like thrillers, so worked wonders for me. But it's the, the actors in it are very, very strong. Um, so that alone is great. And the characters all have like very interesting, weird idiosyncrasies that make them seem much more human than an average television show to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like they all have like very like interesting, complex flaws. So yeah, highly recommend. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I do. I do have a story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm like, this is, this is going to get deep and intricate quite quickly. Okay. Well, I'm intrigued and a little afraid. Um, but it has to do with anime. So you're already backing away. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm reeling back a little. I'm less interested, but um, go for it. But so during quarantine season, uh, some of my friends <laughs> have been getting back into anime and stuff. Right. So there's been some discussions yeah, yeah. about it. And um, so this one anime came up that uh, one of my girlfriends uh, really liked. Okay. But so it's 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 an anime called Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl. Okay, I feel like you told me about this one. Is yeah. this the one with the weird dynamic in the first episode that you mentioned? Yes. Um, okay. I, I think we have talked about it before. So that so we've still been discussing this anime <laughs> for like two weeks. So it's only like a 12 episode anime, but what it is, and I, you know, God knows listeners if, if what, like where your anime knowledge is at. So I'm just going to try to medium ground it here, but a lot of anime have a lot of tropes to do with like sort of perversion, you know, guy with a lot of girls around him, that kind of stuff. It's a famous a like harem. problem. Yeah. Um, and so uh, a lot of anime are based off, off these video games called visual novels where you're a guy and you pick between a bunch of different girls for different storylines. So this show is based off of that and shows based off of that are historically pretty bad (laughs) Um, for, for sort of obvious reasons. This one though has gotten really good ratings and tries to move into the story that they're trying to give, which is that the main characters are encountering this thing called adolescent syndrome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Adolescent syndrome is a sort of metaphorical take on trauma and things. So each of them have not necessarily deep, like hard-hitting trauma, but like something in their life that has really, it has a really stranglehold on their personalities and their and their blockages in life. And that is going to manifest as... Um, real life supernatural sort of thing happening. So Bunny Girl, so Rascal's the main character, and then Bunny Girl is uh, a girl in a bunny outfit that he meets in a library, who's in the same school as him. And she, he asks, "Why are you wearing this bunny costume in this library?" And she says that she's shocked because he can see her, and she explains that for a while now, um, people have been able to see her less and less. And she doesn't know exactly what triggers it, but more and more often people forget about her or don't notice her in a room. 
and this is very like extra strange for her because she's actually a model and she's she's on billboards all the time and she's very famous mm-hmm. so there's this weird dynamic where her her fame has transferred into this invisibility and so it introduces you basically in that episode to the concept of the show which is going to be that you're going to meet lots of characters who each have different difficulties that are blockages of some sort that are going to manifest as supernatural powers and i think this premise is really cool and the way they present that premise in the show i'm about halfway through is uh pretty well done pretty interesting the problem and this is where the whole debate is with my friends is that all of that perverted visual novel stuff still comes through the cracks a lot quite often and uh for a lot of people, that's a deal breaker. Famously, like I, I love anime and I love tons of anime and a few of those anime that I love have these problematic aspects and I have to be, I have to be sensitive to that when I'm recommending these shows to people because people often yeah. be very upset at me for recommending the show with these elements. Um, So my friend who loves this one <laughs> hates those exact problematic <laughs> elements in lots of anime and and she's been blocked from a lot of animes that i've recommended exactly because of this and yet she <laughs> recommended this one so then i'm watching it with my roommates here and like by episode one one of them had called it quits for how problematic it was and and, and these are like guys not even like girls but they're yeah. just like this is so perverted so has so many problematic lines and all this stuff um that they were just like, no, I'm, I'm out, right? And so, of course, this combination of factors, you know me and the controversy, has just yeah. led to yeah. endless debate and stuff about this show. Because Had to have that conversation. <laughs> because I'm just like, what is going on? It's like, it's so, everyone just has their taste on what is counts as quote-unquote problematic or whether it's still worth yeah. watching a show depending on what aspects are in there. And it's just been... To today, we're still talking about it. And actually, I was on call with her this morning, and we still got into another debate about it. And I'm just, it's just like... I mean, I, do, I don't blame you for having that debate with her just because it is so interesting, out, interestingly out of character if she, like, is shutting down the majority of shows that have those exact problematic um, features, but she's like, no, 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 this show is great, and, like gets upset that you're like well I can't believe you would think I would recommend a show to you with like that kind of stuff in it and like whatever and it's like but you did it does have those problems to it recognize that (laughs) yeah what you're gonna say something on the other hand no there is no on the other hand it's it's all I was saying is that it is interesting like I would want to have that debate with her because it is interesting that like what what makes this passable to you when so many other anime that have those exact same tropes is problematic to you to a point where you won't watch it. And it's like, where, what, it, what is the line for you? Yeah, and, and like that, I think, is really interesting. So that's, that, of course, is where the debate went between all of us. So my of two course. friends here and things like that. And basically, everyone's answer is the same. Where their line is, it's just different. Their answer is, I, you know, I know it when I see it. When when they're doing it in a way that's problematic to me, then I'm out. And I don't think other people should watch it. But when it has some other redeeming feature or like one of my friends' position is as long as it blends into the theme. So one of their favorite shows 
has all these perverted stuff, but then it's all sort of reversed by the end as like a kind of satire on those things. And he's okay. like, oh, that makes it really smart and really like a really good use of those tropes. Whereas my version is often like, as long as it doesn't interfere with the storyline, I don't really care. So it's like, I don't want it to be part of the storyline. I want it's like, do your fan service and then I'll ignore that and just watch the show for what I like. Right. And that's, a, you know, it's, it's, it, that's how I deal with it. And, and other people are like, no, it ruins it if it has, it has that stuff and it's not addressed in a, in a way that shows it to be something other than fan service. Yeah. And uh, my friend who likes Rascal uh, does not dream of Funny Girl. Her version is that, no, it, it, those are, there's just a few problematic lines, but overall you can tell that the characters are genuinely good and not so perverted. Uh, whereas in these other shows, the characters at their heart or something like that are perverted. And that's the problem that the show is really cares about those things. Whereas this show is, has those elements, but they're just going to be put to the side. And it's like, you know, that just feels subjective. Like who decides? Yeah. These I also, there's also something to be said where like, it's problematic either way, in my opinion. I mean, I don't watch anime, so I don't have like, I don't really have a horse in this race, but I would say either version is problematic. But if a show like is using these elements because it's genuinely like they care to have these elements in it and it is like important to them to have it in the show versus like they're just like putting it in there and throwing it away like it's not important. Like there's there's something equally problematic about that to me. It's like it's gross that you think this is necessary for the purpose of a television show but it's equally as gross to just put it in there with no thought or care about it. And you do like you, it's not necessary for the show and you don't give a shit about it, but you're just putting it in there because you know, it'll bring a certain subset of people to boost your ratings. So it's like yeah. either way, it seems gross. It's like one seems capitalistically gross and one seems, you know, like misogynistically gross. Yeah. And I think in, in terms of, uh, western television and and stuff like that or movies you know we have it in terms of stuff like the game of thrones debate about you know how much rape and nudity and those things are you know they're they aren't so much for perversion but more for shock value or something like that but there's a sense in which it's trying to sell me in it nudity in anything never bothers me and maybe that's because we're canadian but typically nudity doesn't really garner high like it, it will increase a rating of a movie or a TV show, obviously. But it's not, like, you're not going to get an R rating for, like, a film if you show boobs. Like, that's not really a thing here. Um, we give higher ratings for violence in Canada than the States mm-hmm. do. Um, and lower ratings for nudity than the States do. So, like, I don't, maybe nudity is just, like, so common in television and movies that I was able to see at a younger age that it doesn't really affect me or phase me. Um and the rape was never in, in Game of Thrones was never portrayed in a positive way. It was always portrayed very negatively. So like it was clearly used for shock value, but it was still always positioned in a negative and rape does happen. In that time period it happened, rape happens now. So I guess it never bothered me because there is a sense of realism to both the time period and to now for something like that. Yeah. Or maybe even like a simpler one is just like the uh CW shows or Riverdale type shows of like the fan service, like the how many times their characters yeah. going to take their shirts off for no reason. 
Honestly, that never bothers me. More shirts off. Yeah. So it's like, right? So I'm I mean, always fine I'm, with men with no shirts. I'm, you know, I'm going to put out there too that I'm pretty cool with it too. And I think that can really elevate is definitely the wrong word. It can really like. It can elevate a show like that. Like that show, those shows are not great. So like. Yeah, it makes them exciting. Yeah, and it's it makes like, them That's the same thing happening in this anime, but that's considered really problematic. And. Well, I think because a lot of it is like incest and pedophilia um which is very different than just nudity nudity i don't have a problem with in any genre like nudity doesn't bother me i don't think i don't understand why nudity would ever be considered problematic people get naked yeah i think you are onto something in that what i think people point to is those are more i think the extreme examples but the standard one being the like the harem trope where it's like so what the storyline's going to be is a main character who's like like his goal is to balance his relationships with four or five women at once and have them all be successful. And that shows his success. And there's something very mm, gross with that. And in these games, right? Like that often is considered the best ending. Like you can pick any girl and follow her storyline and you win if you get together with her. Um, Right. you, You start a relationship. But like the ultimate or the secret ending is often having all girls all at the same time and it's like that's a bit there's a logic to it but it's really gross and problematic on some other level yeah and i'm not i'm not even gonna say that like nudity or like sex in movies and tv like western movies and tv can never be problematic obviously it can if your like female character is two-dimensional and then like spends 20 minutes of your movie without a shirt on that's probably not, it's both shitty writing and probably pro- problematic in, like, a sexist way. But, like, just nudity being in something I don't find offensive. Yeah. Because people get naked. Like, I don't understand what the problem, it's, it's like, it's like it's weird when you watch a TV show and nobody ever brushes their teeth or needs to pee. It's like, people do those things. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely about a, a certain gaze, a certain narrative. Yeah that's coming with these that the problem often is and i think that's what makes it subjective in that it's not there's and that's why people have to say stuff like i know it when i see it because it's kind of like it's a combination of things that lead to you interpreting it under a certain gaze under a certain lens and often it's not and they're trying to do this this way it's not totally clear which it'll be but i think rascal's dreams does not dream of bunny girl is actually enters into something like that sphere in that it's in this genre, which so many people have a problem with, and it still has the vestiges uh, of a lot of the tropes from that genre that are pretty universally considered, like uh, like in, in critics' land, considered not good. Um, and still, it's still, you know, I could name like a couple examples in every one of the first few episodes. But does that mean that its whole gaze or its whole view or its whole interpretation is under that light? And that's right. the... That's the line that's actually very hard to to thread, uh, to thread the needle in, in that. Uh, so yeah, that's been a lot of my life for the last two weeks is this uh, <laughs> this fight over this goddamn show, which, you know, I love, obviously. I've been in sort of a similar vein to that, not anime, but like to what we were just discussing. I've been, um, because I watched Reckoning and Sam Trammell is in it, it made me want to watch True Blood. So I started rewatching True Blood recently. 
mm-hmm. um, which I I love that show. Sure. Object objectively, it's maybe not like a great show, but I love that show. But I also read the books that that show was based on. Right. Um, the Sookie Stackhouse novels. Yes, and those books a are very poorly edited. Whoever the editor is is actually really bad at their job. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of spelling errors in those books and continuity errors. But I I read those books and they're sort of they're they're sort of deceptive because they're housed at least in Canada and maybe it's different in the states. But in Canada, if you go into a bookstore and you look for the the True Blood books or the Sookie Stackhouse novels. They are housed in the general fiction section. They are romance novels with a supernatural twist. Like they're bordering on erotica in some points. Mm. Um, And they're very objectifying, but they're written for women. So they're very objectifying of the male characters in the book. Um, And like a lot of the male characters in the book are very two-dimensional in a lot of ways and i mean of course your your protagonist is going to be more well-written and more well-rounded than your side characters are going to be that's pretty natural in in most books but it's it's the same way where you watch those like 90s and 2000s action movies that are very geared towards men where your male characters are are the majority of the film and they're they're relatively well well rounded and your female characters are like TNA with maybe like a couple interesting portions it's it's sort of like the flip side of that it's written for women and they're very sexual um and then your main character Sookie Stackhouse is this innocent virginal young woman who is curvy like she's written as a thicker woman she's fuller bodied she's plus sized um which i thought was interesting there's not a lot of books geared towards you know like written as a larger female character um who becomes the object of so many very very attractive men's affection but then when you watch the television show there are aspects of it that are geared towards women to get them to watch where it's very attractive men. But honestly, like now that I'm rewatching it, a lot of it is objectifying the female characters where they're like the standard of prettiness for the years that that show came out. And I'm not saying like Anna Paquin is a great actress. I love her in the show. She's really, really good, but she is, you know, that sort of standard look of beauty. Mm-hmm. And so many of the women are, and there's a lot of female nudity in it. Um, there's a lot of like, just like boobs running around all the time for no real purpose. A lot of the sex is very focused on like looking at the woman. So it's like very much to like captivate the attention of the male gaze. And it's just, it's it's weird because I would consider both of those problematic, whether it's objectifying the male characters or the female characters. But it's just interesting that like this television show took the complete opposite side of these books for the type of problematic objectification that they show. Yeah. But I mean, there's still a lot of hot dudes in it. So. So what do you have a do you have a take on like, what do you think? I mean, I think that they knew they had a built-in audience in women because the books were so popular with a female audience, but they didn't have 
a way to captivate the attention of the male audience. And I think they knew Mm. that by adding in that sort of element of female sexuality, plus the violence that was already in it, because it is about vampires, it would be easier that's a really good to point. To pull in the interest of the other audience while still maintaining your female fan base. Yeah. Because with the uh, romance and the books already existing and people already being invested in many of these characters, you were always going to have that female fan base, whether you made it more objectifying of the female characters or not. Like, I think you pretty much could guarantee you'd maybe lose 20% of your initial base, but you'd be gaining, you know, 40, 50% by adding in elements that would appeal to at least some men. Yeah, for sure. I I, I love True Blood, but I there are times where there are actors in a scene where like that sex is just there as a prop. It's it's just there to be exciting and um like grab your attention for a cheap thrill. Like, if there's two sex scenes or three sex scenes in every 60-minute episode, like, it's bordering on softcore porn. Yeah. I I wonder if there's another aspect to it, just in, like, the way guys and girls act in real life is this objectification of women his, that's historically grounded and that causes real problems for women's lives, right? If such a reversal happened, that guys' lives are becoming really worse because of objectification of guys, then that's something to be looked at. But I guess my position is that, like, in a way, there's so there's been so little space to celebrate and be excited, like, as gay men and as women, the, like, male, you know, male as, a, as object. Yeah. I mean, I... I... And, and so it, it's not necessarily unproblematic, but it's... Seeing how the vitriol against Fifty Shades or Twilight and these things, in part because it's women objectifying men and being cited for their fantasy and whatnot, in part. And in, there's there's other parts that are bad. Fifty Shades is problematic for a very different. I mean, it's. I mean, I get that it's problematic because it's objectifying the male form or whatever in some ways, but I think it's more problematic for other reasons. And, like, even when you watch those movies, like, there's not, like, there's a lot of sex in them, but there's not a significant amount of, like, I don't feel like the camera is lingering inappropriately on Christian Grey's body in the way that I would in a movie from, like, the early 2000s. Like, if you watch the old Fast and the Furious movies where, like, a model gets out of a car and the only part of her they show is, like, her legs and then her breasts and they cut her face out of it. Like, that's mm. very different to me. Um, and maybe maybe I'm just biased. I don't, I don't know. But I, I would say Fifty Shades is problematic. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily problematic because it's objectifying the male form. It's problematic because it's objectifying BDSM. Mm. And then Twilight is just, as well as Fifty Shades, is... A problematic they're just it's just a problematic view of a, of a relationship it's a toxic and abusive yeah. relationship um but again i don't feel like it's objectifying the physical i, I definitely agree with these i wonder though if you know if there are male-oriented stories like a, a hero story 
of a guy and then like it has some let's say problematic aspects um you know there's so many of them i'm not even sure which ones to name but you know um like the star wars and the these things of the world um the hero's journey type stories and it's like those are still celebrated and the problematic aspects are put into you know slave leia is put into a box and said as one aspect that's like not great or something like that um to an otherwise amazing achievement and when you look at a lot of romance stuff there is this general tendency to really dismiss it all romance novel point of view yeah Um, those i would say are objectifying I think, I mean, I think Twilight and Fifty Shades are within that genre. Um, I mean, I would say that they are, but I, like, if you've ever, like, not that I read a lot of romance novels, I don't, but I have read romance novels, and they're, I, I, I mean, I've never read the Fifty Shades books, so they, this could be in the Fifty Shades books, too, but in the movies, specifically the Fifty Shades movies, I didn't really notice a significant objectification of the physical attributes of the character, Whereas in female romance novels, it's like highly objective. Like the male characters have like no real discernible characterizations. They're very one dimensional. They are a stand in prop. And the only thing you really know about them is maybe like their job and like what exactly down to the most minute detail what they look like Um, and whether they're like aggressive or really romantic. That's the only purpose of their character. So that I would consider very objectifying. Whereas, like, I wouldn't say the Fifty Shades movies are good. I don't think they are. But there does seem to be a little bit of, like, dimension to both the female and male character. I don't think they're well written, but there is some dimension to them. They do seem to matter as actual humans and not just, like, their bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Good time. After spearheading an ill-fated bank robbery, a man must get his mentally challenged younger brother out of jail while eluding his own capture. Robert Pattinson, Benny Safdie, and Jennifer Jason Lay. Lee. Lee. <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, yeah, I forgot. I was trying to think of the writer-director combo for this movie, and it's the Safdie brothers. That's who did it. Mm. Um, and then one of the Safdies is in it. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good, if you want to do that. Sure. I am down. And I actually remembered to turn on the subtitles. Okay. So you ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, play. Okay. Also, note for listeners, you can't actually watch the movie along with us because we cut out pauses. So the audio commentary will not actually be the length of a full movie, as an FYI. Yeah, I mean, we just thought, like, we do tend to pause a lot. And, you know, it's like you don't want to hear a lot of, like, the boring stretches. And, like, you're probably just going to be listening to this regardless of the movie. So, like, watch the movie beforehand if you want to. And, you know, you could, I, I know when I've listened to podcasts like this, like you just sort of piece together where they're at in the movie in your head. So we'll try yeah. to keep you updated on certain plot points. Um, but, you know, let's obviously let's not try to spoil anything while talking. I'm 100% going to spoil things. Okay. Yeah. So everything's spoiled. 
be Watch prepared for spoilers because I'm definitely gonna. I will forget like 45 minutes into this thing that we're not supposed to spoil it, and then I'll just be like, "Oh shit, this happened," and you'll be really mad at me. So I'm gonna turn my volume up because this movie is really quiet. So the next time you talk, you're gonna be screaming in my ear. So try and be conscious conscious of that, please. Yeah, this is some prime content. <laughs> How to watch movies on Netflix with Joseph and Lydia. First, make sure your audio is not on mute. Step one. <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Profit. <laughs> I still love that episode of South Park. So good. It's the um, underpants gnomes. Stealing Butter's underpants. That unibrow is like real fierce. Oh, he's crying. I'm confused. So what did you hear about this movie? Um, I heard it was like the best thing that Robert Pattinson has ever been in. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, that it's just like really wild and like very like very much about ambiance and it's the best movie Robert Pattinson has ever been in and his character is incredibly engaging. Mm -hmm. That's predominantly what I what I heard about it. So he threw a pan at the wall. Right. So yeah, the description of this movie said that it's about a guy who was accused of crime and his mentally challenged brother who was put in jail because of it something mm -hmm. like that um yeah hold on i'm gonna look up a better synopsis because what you just said is not great um okay so description after a botched bank robbery lands his younger brother in prison connie nikas um, embarks on a twisted odyssey through New York City's underworld to get his brother Nick out of jail. Okay. And Robert Pattinson is Connie. Benny yep. Safdie is Nick. He looks so different. Like you can really feel the like the acting in this. <laughs> it's so well too seeing the lighthouse where he did give me an Edward Cullen vibe to some degree. Whereas this one, it's yeah. like I would have never guessed. Well, because it's very, like, gothic. The lighthouse is very, like, gothic-y looking. Whereas in this, he's, like, very New York. Yeah, so the title screen was, what do you call it, like, the 80s neon or something? Like, early yeah. 90s? It's so, um... Ew, oh god, that those hope? masks are gross. Those masks are real gross. Oh no. That would scare the shit out of me. If I was this bank, they're in the bank now. If I was this bank teller, that would scare the absolute shit out of me. I want, I, I really wonder what, oh, here's your money. Well, that's what they're trained to do. Yep. Yep. Don't antagonize. Yeah. Because you can always get insurance. You can always get it back and they'll deal with it after. Yeah. Basically to ensure nobody gets shot. Yep. A till would not have $65,000 yep. in it. Why do they have so many ripped pieces of paper in this bank? <laughs> He's asking for the pen. 
You didn't come in with a pen. We are armed. Get the rest of the money. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think I would have cut my losses just solely because I think she would have hit, like, a silent alarm or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't want to spend any more time in there than I'd have to. Also, I want to know if this is, like, common for banks to have plexiglass in front of their tellers because I've never seen that in a bank. Mm -hmm. But, like, this bank tellers, like, all of the tills are, like, completely covered in plexiglass yeah i just feel like bank robbery isn't really a thing anymore like maybe it is but i just feel like they, there's got to be enough policies in place that like it can't be profitable well it's it's definitely like way more difficult so i don't think it happens that often but i'm sure it still occurs also i'm not sure when this is supposed to be set like if this is supposed to be set now or if it's supposed to be set in like the nineties, because I haven't seen a I haven't seen a cell phone yet, so that's how you know. That's how you know if it's modern or not. So yeah, she got them the money and they're leaving. I bet there's like fucking dye packs in there or something. I actually have nightmares all the time about like not all the time, but often about like, if I did steal something like that, I, I like, I have to like remain calm, walk out, you know, don't, don't antagonize. <laughs> I have nightmares about people breaking into my ground floor apartment. I don't get that one. Yeah. I don't get to break in stuff, although I know a lot of people do. Well, you're, are you on the, you're not on the ground floor though, are you? Oh yeah. But oh, I mean, shit, and really? I've lived in lots of different places. I didn't know you were on the ground floor. Aw. It's really not great for you to be, like, forcing your mentally challenged brother into bank robbery, but whatever. Smart to layer, though. But now their fingerprints are all over that shit, so. Oh, they okay, so it is modern. They have cell phones. Oh, God. The brothers are asking each other, want to hold it. Yeah. No, again, you're in, like, what I presume is an Uber. It's probably not... Like a great plan to look through your stolen money. Yeah. Oh. I was right. Die packs. Although I didn't know they were on a timer. That makes sense, though. It would totally make sense for them to be on a timer for this exact purpose, but I had no idea. I, I thought they didn't like go off until you like touched them. Oh my Subway. god, Subway. <laughs> Dominoes! Yeah, I would not... I mean, I know you need to get off the street, but, like, a public bathroom in a fucking Domino's is probably not your best choice when you're covered in, like, dye pack dye. Ew. What is he looking for in the corner? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But again, I mean, your prints are all over everything. Like, could have at least worn gloves, guys. <laughs> Nobody watched Forensic Files. There's still, like, 100% pink dye all over his black sweater. Oh my god. Yikes. I mean, yeah, of course. Like, he's scared. You know, just say his name really loud. That's a good plan. Oh no, this is gonna be so sad. I'm trying to understand, like, the, like, what the movie's trying to portray. And it's, it's, it's interesting because it's not obvious. 
I mean, we are only 15 minutes into this movie. Yeah. So. Oh. Oh, no. Nick just ran through a plate glass window. Yeah. Oh, that looks bad. Yeah, that looks rough. The music. Do you know what this music is called? Like, it's very, um. Synth heavy. Yeah, it's very much like that, like, uh, Mandy that we watched. Yeah. I mean, it kind of like, I don't know. It reminds me of something like it's very like 80s, 90s sounding. I don't know. It's like some kind of electronic, though. Oh, this jail is spooky. I mean, it's hardcore New York jail. What are they spraying in there? Mace or like tear gas? Wow, this is this is really cool and intense. This is making me so sad. I feel so bad for him. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's right. But in what way is he helping his brother then? Or not, right? Like she is, she's saying like a duplicitous thing. She's like, nothing you say will get your brother in trouble. And no, yet... yeah, she is. She is, of course, being like manipulative for sure. But she is right that he is not as responsible for this as he believes he is. And he's not responsible for protecting his brother who put him in this situation in the first place. A situation that yeah. he couldn't fully comprehend the consequences for. And I mean, yeah, he committed a crime, but how culpable can he be if he doesn't have a full understanding of the consequences? Oh, bail bonds. Or that it even is a crime. Who is willing to accept cash covered in dye pack dye? Jesus. Jesus. What is his brother's bond? Like, what's it like that <laughs> law and order? Like, what is his bail set at that he needs 25 G's to get him out? You need 10%. Oh, this is stressing me out so much. Oh, no. This is the not fun version of Orange is the New Black. <laughs> was that show fun? Like, I did not like that show. There was, there's comedy in it. Yeah. Piper just sucks. This is deadly serious. Yeah, you're right, Josh and yeah. the brothers. Well, yeah, when the Softie brother, like, the, I, I don't know if they do movies separately. I think they're mm-hmm. like the Coen what, brothers. Uh, what, what else have they made? Fuck it. Hold on. I can't think of anything. I know they made a bunch of shit. I just can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm really embarrassed right now because they did Uncut Gems. <laughs> Why is that embarrassing? Because the movie is huge. Adam Sandler movie? You know, I know. I, I mean, I know of it, but I don't know why that would be when you'd have to have known the... I'm just, I don't know. I'm just embarrassed that I didn't think of it because it was such a huge movie. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. They did a lot of, like, indie shit, so I don't know if it's, like, stuff you would necessarily know. But they've done, like, a lot of indie shit. Mm. <gasps> a lot of, like, short films. Look at these talkies. Oh, my God, I love them. Oh, is this, uh, is she in, um, Hatefully? Yes. Yes, she what's is. Her, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Uh, That's Jennifer Jason Jen, Leigh. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. She's a, she's a cool actress. 
Yeah, she's been in tons of stuff. Jennifer Jason Leigh is awesome. Oof, that lipstick color. <laughs> yeah, she was also in Annihilation. Actually, I'm surprised you didn't recognize her. From right. First. Um, she looks younger here. She's sort of like one of those ambiguous ages where, like, if you do her makeup in a certain way, she can look like a lot older, a lot younger. Like in the mm-hmm. hateful age, she looks a lot older, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she was in Kill Your Darlings. I forgot about that. He was like completely lied about why his brother's in prison. Oh, Rikers. Miranda to Rikers. Well, yeah, I mean, they're in New York. Who the fuck has a credit card that can fit 10 grand on it casually? Who's a smooth talker? Oh my god, is she going to do it? Yeah, of course she's going to do it. He's like a manipulative little shit and she clearly has low self-esteem. Seriously though, whose credit card can fit 10 grand on it? How poor am I that I do not, that I cannot put 10 grand on a credit card? This is so intense and chaotic. I know. Oh, this is stressing me out so badly. Okay, so her credit card's not working. That answers my question about who the fuck has a credit card that can put 10 grand on it. Mm-hmm. He has two phones on his face right now. <laughs> oh my god. I hate this. Oh my god. It's too real. It's it's not even like ultra realism in a gritty sort. It's just so filming like like look at this scene for example. The doors like it shows one with like a ripped sheet of paper and one that just says like please use emergency exit. Like it's so exactly how things would be yeah. in real life. Like it's so 100%. unadorned with production. Yeah, like it just feels like you're existing in this place. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's too real. Even just, like, the level level of, like, wear and, like, dirt on his clothes is, like, oh, I've seen that guy, man, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the, the mixture of the music, though, is so, it, it, it heightens it in this strange way. Yeah, I agree. The soundtrack to it, it makes me feel on edge. I mean, it's very, it's very good use of, of music in a movie already. Yeah, I really recommend the the comparison with Mandy, just because it's like both using that same kind of soundtrack, but in like very different ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think in Mandy too, the 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 use of lighting in that made it made that soundtrack very different than than how it is in this. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean that one really turns into surrealism. So there's maybe a feeling just because I've watched that movie recently that this one, the the height of those synthesizers and whatnot, bring this realism to a surreal place without actually being anything but real. Yeah. And and then to, and to our lives, um, this feels so surreal. Like this underground dealing with tight money, bank robbery, you know, an ill brother, all these things. Well, you don't rob banks. Um, it's dystopian. <laughs> Awkward. But it's dystopian in a non... thought that was how everybody spent their Tuesday nights. <laughs> in a non uh, it's dystopian in a non um you know real way or, or you know i don't know how to say it i also i honestly don't know what you're saying <laughs> sorry I don't. this understand. is the real world right this is yes. the real world yeah and they're trying to point out this but it feels dystopian it feels like this is some right, yes, world that's yeah. so much worse than the world we know 
Yeah. But I mean, it is like, it's, it's like, we're very clearly having a, like, have like having a dialogue in this movie about, about classism to some, in some way, like this is very, like, you're, you're looking at like the world through the lens of somebody on a different socioeconomic level than what we exist on. Who's he like pretending to be? I don't know. Like just some dude. Cause he keeps saying like, keeps talking to like the people working here as though he works here too. Well, because I think he's trying to get information without actually having to check in at the desk and say that he's his brother. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So he's like playing it off and trying to be casual and not draw attention, but manipulate this information out of people. Don't share juice containers with strange ill people at a hospital. that's just like not a good idea gotta love that they have like an armed police officer outside of this dude's like this criminal's hospital room and the guy's just like i'm just gonna go get some coffee like no i'm just gonna leave my post it's like you have one job oh my god oh he's actually gonna go yeah it's a terrible idea Oh my god, he's oh, gonna be he's... in so much pain. Yeah, like he's so in- he has a collar. So, what happened with that first scene that we were watching? Was that before this or after? Which which scene are you talking about? Um, the fir- very first scene in the movie where he's talking to the therapist. That was before. So the bank robbery happened after that. Yeah, it was therapy. It's it, this is linear. Like the whole structure is linear. Mm-hmm. Also, where are the nurses? The, like, alarm that he was wearing went off because it showed him flatlining. It was a heart rate monitor. So, like, you think if he oh, coded out, the nurses would fucking be over there. What kind of hospital is this? It's just devoid of doctors and nurses. Nobody monitoring the patients on this floor. I'm just going to take the regular elevator. Assume nobody's going to go in there. He has, he didn't, like, did he get off that piece of machinery? Well, yeah. Yeah, otherwise he'd still be attached to it. He was handcuffed to the bed. He broke the bed. Yeah, so I'm saying, does he have the piece of bed still with him? No, 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 no. He broke, he broke the plastic bed rail. So I think he, he still has the cuffs on, but I think he's hidden them under the coat or a blanket or something. Oh my god, this is freaky. There's literally nobody monitoring patient safety at all just nobody get gives a shit this is nuts this is nuts that nobody's noticed it's like straight up still in a hospital gown ridiculous yeah this does not look uh very procedure no like why is nobody questioning this I can't tell if I'm expecting too much because the Canadian healthcare system is genuinely that much better. Mm. Or if like this is like a really bottom of the barrel portrayal of like healthcare. Because <laughs> like there were mm-hmm. no doctors or nurses on that floor at all. It's just amazing how little downtime this movie has given us. I know. It's, it's really tense the, all the time. Yeah. It's just, it, you know, we're we're understanding their story just through little conversations and people they meet and stuff like that I'm really hoping he actually knows this person and it's not like just some stranger 
Yeah, he he lived nowhere in the area. He just needed to get away from the hospital quickly, and his brother's in a wheelchair, so like. Yeah, and that was a really cute line. It's like, oh, it's the the one with the driveway. You know, it's yeah. just like. Wow, this woman is like uncharacteristically nice. I mean, although she did think he was a robber. I mean, I would too. <laughs> like strange disheveled looking man comes into my home leaves a number for some like my phone number for somebody and it's just like uh can i just leave my disabled brother here i mean they did come from the the hospital together yeah i know i'd still think he was a weirdo though like can i just like leave my obviously unwell brother in your home we met five minutes ago on a bus He's like, thank you. Yeah, that's fine. Shut up. <laughs> oh my god, this woman reminds me so much of my dad if I'm at the dinner table on my phone. It's like, put that away. You pay attention at the dinner table. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, you can rifle through somebody's bathroom cabinets without making a total disaster of everything. Oh, weird. Hair bleach. I mean, it makes sense, but like... Oh, is that what that was? I did not understand that's what that was. This cinematography is so wild. I know. Just him, like, staring at a static screen and having hair dye in this other woman's house. I know. You can see his tattoo. Why do tattoos automatically make somebody more attractive to me? <laughs> I think it's that's like, true for most people. Immediately. Okay, now that tattoo looks like shit. I, did, I changed my mind. Does it say power? I honestly am not sure. I hate huge word tattoos. I always think they look mm. stupid. He's got a tramp stamp too. <laughs> a weird location of tattoo on a dude. He has such a weird way of interacting with people where he doesn't really ask, but he's not like, it's it as if he isn't breaking some kind of social convention. Like, it's just like, yeah, I'm going to eat now. Yeah. It's like, like he's not like rude. Cause he's always like, everything is like followed up with a, do you want anything or do you mind or i hope that's okay but it's never like hey can i do this mm -hmm. what are you 11 smoking weed this like fucking elementary school child she's a boyfriend too how old is she 16 she said six wow she is so young looking Am I assuming he wants to know where the drug dealer lives so he can rob the drug dealer to get, like, or something? Because, like, that's all I can think. Ah, yeah. That makes sense. Oh, my God. Spike TV? Is that even still a thing? Whoa. That is so old-seeming to me. Whoa, his hair is blonde. I mean, yeah, he just put a bunch of bleach on his head, so... Yeah, I know, but his hair was, like, box-dyed black. Oh, Jesus. That was aggressive. Oh, Oof. Oh my god. Oh my god! <gasps> oh my god. I love that I'm reacting so heavily to like an episode of Cops on Spike TV in this movie. Just like, leave the knife in there. Oh my god. Well, yeah, you should at that point. The mo Yeah, it's this movie is very interesting in how it's doing its theming, right? Because it's like, it's showing us these like bad things, mm -hmm. but it all like in this realistic veil. Yeah, like, these just feel like people. That bleached hair does not look good, but, like, Robert Pattinson can get it. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, shit. <laughs> That's awkward. 
Oh. Oh. What is he? He's like 30. Oh my God. This is so uncomfortable. That's. Wow. Robert Pattinson is making out with a 16 year old child. Robert Pattinson is going to go have sex with a 16 year old child now. This movie is something. I am real uncomfortable because she looks 11 and he's like 30. Oh, Mandy Lighting. I really hope that... Oh, it's his brother. Okay, good. I was like really worried it was going to be like the grandmother got up or something. Is that not his brother? Oh, my God. That is not his brother. He took the wrong person. Oh, my God. He kidnapped a random criminal from hospital. Holy shit. That is so hilarious, though. Yeah, the lighting and shit is going into Mandyland. I know. Oh, my God. Very seriously. This is like exactly like that creepy house with the, the spiky people. There's something that, like, in Mandy, the lighting, the use of lighting felt very psychedelic, where in this, it it doesn't, you know what? Like, in, in this, it feels like it's edgy, and it's, like, stressful, but it feels like a house at night, and then there's just, like, you know, the brake lights from a car flooding in, or, like, really old fluorescent lighting, or, like... The 16-year-old girl has a purple light bulb, like that kind of shit, you know? It doesn't feel like you're in, like, a drugged-out dream like you do in Nandy. I cannot imagine being like, this strange man in my house, and I'm just going to get him car keys. NBD. Oh, my God. This is so good and so intense and so freaky. I know. Oh, once, once, the, once the bruising comes down, he looks kind of cute. This dude looks fine. Like, he had plaster on his entire face and a brace collar on, and he's just, like, totally chill. He's, like, totally fine. What are the cops doing here, though? Because I'm assuming they're searching for the guy that got broken out of the fucking hospital. Right, this is where that... So they figured out they probably went through the paramedic thing. Well, they probably saw the... They probably watched the cameras in the hospital, I would assume, and saw the guy leave and get on the like bus or whatever oh my god how is this happening i mean i think i'd immediately be saying what the fuck did you do <laughs> drop you over the white castle that's literally a five minute walk from the fucking hospital man this child is like what the fuck there would not be that many cops looking for you if you were on parole Oh, he broke the conditions of his parole. That should have been obvious. He's he's not that cute. Now that we can see him without the bruises. My god, just this giant bottle of booze just out in the public. Yeah, I was walking around with a fucking 40, why not? Oh, and some Arizona tea. Nice. Oh, was that his money from the... Wasn't Radio Shack? Where, where, where did they go into? No, they, they left it in a Domino's and he already picked up the money. Yeah. Because that's what's in the safe right now for Yeah. Bail. Adventurely. Are we we're sliding into the other movie? I liked that movie. I know it's not great, but I really liked that movie. Oh my god. 
Oh, okay. I thought he was going to steal that car. <laughs> Did he jump out of a moving vehicle? Oh. My god. Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, because you went out a car door face first. Cover your head. Oh, because he thinks, like, the drugs and the money will be there. The bow in her hair, I think, is making her look a lot younger. But she mm -hmm. does look younger than 16 to me. Or, like, maybe she looks like what a 16-year-old looks like. And I think she looks younger because what I'm used to being portrayed as 16-year-olds yeah. in TVs and movies are actually, like, 22. Yeah, because my brother just went through high school. And I, like, saw, but like, you know, met lots, lots of his friends and whatnot. And it is... You really forget they're very young in high school. Yeah. Like, she she does look 16 to me. I mean, I don't... Yeah, see, I don't have younger siblings. So, as a 29-year-old, I don't actually see high school students anymore. Yeah. So, I think I'm being skewed by, like, media. Yep. Because it's always, like, 25-year-olds. For sure. All these ludicrous band-aids on his face. <laughs> What is she wearing, too? I don't know. Like, one of those... Okay, do you remember those... Um, They were really popular when we were in, like, elementary school. But those, like, puff jackets. Like, the puffy jackets. Like, all the girls wore. Your silence is maybe indicating you don't know what I'm talking about. I... No, I, I do. I do. I just... Yeah. That so was freaking me out. She's wearing, he can't. Like, he can't possibly climb over that. I mean... He's on so many oxys at this point, I don't understand how he can't, to be honest. This is not going to go well. He's going to spike himself. No, he's he's fine. I mean, he did jump out of a like car moving at 60 miles per hour literally the day before. So obviously he's in a lot of pain. But he also took like 14 oxys. So I feel like at this point it should kind of balance out. Of course, they end up in the haunted amusement park. Where else would you hide your drugs and money? <laughs> <laughs> if not a haunted amusement park. Check this coffin. I find it a little weird that there's no security system other than a fence on this theme park. Because it just seems dangerous, you know? Like, it seems like somebody could, like, get hurt. Okay, so there is a guard. One lone guard for this entire amusement park. Oh my god, one of them's gonna, like, murder this guy or something. Oh, they do have cameras! Okay, they have a better security system than I gave them credit for. Oh, jeez. Yeah. See, I knew this was going to be a thing. Just leave your blood all over the place. Faces on the cameras. You're already all over the news for, like, armed bank robbery. It's fine. Somehow I don't think this movie has a good ending. No, I really think, like, some somebody's going, somebody's going to prison or dying or, like, just something fucked up. So, like, really, this is going to be, like, the end of Requiem for a Dream where it's, like, you thought it was bad mm, yeah. and then it's just, like, even worse. It's a dark and stormy night. I mean, at least the lights are kind of on in there now. Oh, look at the little hands. I know. They're also, like, real confident that that security guard didn't actually call the police. Oh, okay, they did call the police. Yeah. Yeah. You can burst in right through the doors. Oh my god, and then what's happening with her ride, too? Oh my god, yeah. Well, I mean, she's parked on the side street, though, so, like, she might be fine. Yeah. I love when movies do this, too. It's like, they're in so many layers deep, and you're like, how, like, there's so many layers to get back up from, right? Yeah. You have to escape the police, there's the car, 
he still needs to get his brother. This is really smart, though. He's dressing up as a security guard. This is actually, like, super smart. Given how, like, unrelentingly dumb he's been, that is way too much acid to give a person. That's death. Can you overdose on acid? Can't be good. No, I would imagine it's not great. But, like, can you die from it? I don't know, but it's probably not good. It's probably not a healthy, uh... No, I mean, it can't be good for your brain or your liver, but... Oh my god, the security guard is gonna get arrested? No, 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 no. No, stay in the car, girl. Oh, this dumb little bitch. This coat is insane. It's got fucking rhinestones on it. I don't feel like... I don't know how okay he would be at all. I mean, he just probably did the equivalent of, like, 15 points of acid. So, like... Like, a lot, Like, yeah. he's fucked up. Yeah, he's he's not... And he has, like, a head injury because he was beat to shit. So, like, he's not okay. Because, what, one tab is, like, a few drops, right? So it's, like... Well, I think those sheets had, had, like, one, maybe two drops on them. Yeah, so he just had, like, 50 or 60 of those. Yeah. So. Like, he's not, he's not okay. Where's your ID? I'm 16! <laughs> oh my god, he looks ancient there. I know. But I mean, he is, like, a lot older than that little girl. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie was came out in 2017. He was 31. She is a 16-year-old wow. child. That is upsetting. Oh, because of the cameras. It's the video footage. Mm-hmm. My room has gone super dark over time. This is freaky. It's like entering the mood of the movie better. I really hope that, like, child is okay. I mean, you gotta just roll with the punches. Harsh. What are they doing now? They're going to the security guard's house. But, like, for what purpose? I mean, I guess if the security guard lays low, like, he's gonna be in like the hospital for a while so like theoretically it's a place that they can like lay low but you're really like being bold on the assumption that he has no family or is he looking to rob the place i mean maybe but again bold assumption that he doesn't live with anyone but even rob me it's like this is not a ten thousand dollar rob so no i mean he's an overnight security guard at a fucking theme park like he doesn't have 10 grand in cash and valuables just like lying around. I don't even think I have 10 grand of cash and valuables lying around. <laughs> oh my god, that dog is so cute. Would the dog be okay with this? I don't know. I mean, that dog looked pretty old and I think he was blind. Like when it went across his eyes, they looked milky. What kind of apartment is this? Jesus. The kind of apartment where everything is furnished from Craigslist. It's so 90s looking. It's crazy. Like all this glass cabinetry and like like the weird leather couches. <laughs> this guy's like, oh shit. <laughs> I am better than you. I like that. You're a fuck up. And it's like, you broke the wrong person out of a hospital. You're not doing much better, man. The dialogue in this feels like way too realistic. Shut up. Did he call the cops? That's hilarious. Oh, no. No, probably not. Nope. Oh, we're, ne we're nearing the end of the movie. 
Oh god, what is he doing? I don't like this leaning over the balcony. No, I don't love it either. It's so strange, too, how the brother was, like, completely forgotten. Yeah, I know, right? The fucking Sprite bottle. Yep. The $100,000 Sprite. Your options are pretty limited here, my dude. Oh my god. At this point, just get arrested. Oh my god. Yeah. Oof. Oh my god. That was... I don't know how loud that thud would be, but that was so loud. Oh, that was upsetting. Jesus. Oh, there's the brother again. Yeah, right? His skin looks really weird. Maybe the partnership with that guy is supposed to represent what his relationship with his brother was actually like. That in the end, he just like gives up on him. I mean, maybe. Or just like how poisonous of a personality he is that he like leeches out of everybody. Because one of the main hints is that, yeah, he gets a call saying that, like, he's an off, he's awful to his brother. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, the, the social worker thinks he's terrible to his brother. His grandmother thinks he's terrible to his brother. Oh, but he took responsibility for the crime. Oh, you're going to have a good time. Gotta get that title in there. <laughs> oh. Oh. This is That's just tough. breaking my heart. What? Okay, now. Oh, now, really. Well, obviously the whole purpose of this is that he's starting to come to the understanding that his brother is not the only person who cared for him. His brother never really cared for him in the way he should have been cared for. No, I know, but the lines weren't, like, exactly the... Cons- like, yeah, the I mean, problem, it's, a little, but... it's a little in your face, but, you know. <laughs> oh... This breaks your heart, though. Yeah. So, um, we totally failed. But it's a good movie. At, to- at talking during this movie? Yeah. I, yeah. Know. I know. I know. We did such a good job at the last one. We gotta stop watching movies we actually like. That's the problem. Like, we just need to watch, mm-hmm. like, shitty movies we don't care about if we want to actually have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think maybe one thing we can do is every second movie be a rewatch. Yeah, I was going to say it might be better if we started, like, trying to watch this shit ahead of time. (laughs) I really liked this movie, though. Like, I really, really loved this movie. This is, this might be my favorite movie of all the ones that we've watched and recorded during so far. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I really loved this. I I think I liked this more than Mandy, and I loved Mandy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this really... I mean, I've already said I've already said what I what I found really intriguing about it, which was that surrealism, realism, yeah, thing. But Robert Pattinson's character was really interesting, and this like manipulator, but very realistic, very like on the fly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 very unlike one that you know I love, but like it feels very different than you know the Sherlock Holmes or these or manipulators who are or villains who are. Um, grander than life right this is a very he learned his manipulations all on the street all on things that he's had to do to get through his life it very much okay so there's there's two things i love about it one with with robert pattinson's character specifically a he's a phenomenal actor and i'm learning that more and more every time we watch something with him in it 
B, just like what you said, he's a very, like, he's, like, a charismatic narcissist. You know? Like, he's, he just feels very much like a real person. But the type of person who's allowed themselves to be fully defined by their circumstances. Um, and doesn't, like, he, he obviously loves his brother, but he doesn't love his brother in a way that is healthy for that relationship in a way that's protective of his brother. He loves his brother in a way that's convenient for him. He doesn't want his brother to go to prison, but he also like will do anything and everything to make sure he doesn't go to prison first. So like, it's a very intricate, there's something like very real about that, about how, how intricate that relationship is and how problematic it is. The movie stacks structural problems, like atmospheric ideas, Mm -hmm. The, the badness of the characters with the problems of society in such a way that it's completely unclear what the commentary yeah. is. Yeah. And, but in a good way, in a like, it's so, it's showing you the intricate, like the, the grittiness and the intricacies and the, the problems. Yeah. Um, there is. That are all in there that are not, un- you know, not easily unwoven. Yeah. Like you can tell that Robert Pattinson's character is not a good person. But you yeah. can also tell that he at least has some kind of affection for his brother and is yep. sort of, or at least thinks he's doing what he's doing to protect him or to like help him survive better. But it's not healthy for either of them. Yeah, there's no like clear good guy. There's no clear bad guy. There's just a lot of people in these really unfortunate circumstances who have adapted in a way that's not healthy, that's codependent, that's narcissistic, um, that's sometimes cruel. So I thought that was really interesting. And I also loved that it, like, even though you could tell it was set in, you know, modern times because they had cell phones, it had this very, like, lost in time quality to it where the music was very, like, late 80s, early 90s. Um, The clothing wasn't, like, super obviously, like, 2010s era clothing. All of the cars seemed to be older models. Like, I didn't really see a car that looked, like, 2017 modern. Everything looked like it was something from, like, the 90s. Even the police cars, for the most part. And it was, like, filmed in those areas of New York that are very, like, gritty and not necessarily like modernized as much so it gave it this quality of like yeah this is happening in modern times because i have cell phones but it's sort of lost to you exactly when it is so it feels like it could apply to a lot of generations which i think is really interesting yeah yeah 